Happy first day of Kwanzaa, the day of Umoja, unity. Um, I'm glad to be kind of remotely celebrating, commemorating, learning. Basically, the way that I celebrate holidays a lot of the times is just learning about them, studying about them, the history about them. And what parts do I kind of resonate with? What parts are kind of like, okay, like maybe with some holidays stuff might be too weird for me or like I'm not really into some certain stuff. I'd say what appeals to me about Kwanzaa is the focus on community and the focus on... Like, how it's not, like, commercialistic. It's almost not even really hyped up. Like, you don't really see it hardly in the media. Like, just in my recent lifetime, uh, in the last maybe few years, when maybe decade or so, when people started getting a little more inclusive, you might see it on TV. They'll have a little blurb, like, Happy Kwanzaa or whatever, but you don't even really even see any like shows or movies or like anything um commercialistic songs you don't like hear like any like radio stations that are like 24-hour Kwanzaa like there are like YouTube channels like that and stuff they have a lot of like videos for kids and videos for families and videos for people who are like interested in learning but you don't really see like the big like if you're interested you gotta go and like search it and find stuff on your own like in in communities around if you have anything if you live in a major city there's probably going to be some place that's at least doing something once during Kwanzaa I mean it's multiple days it's December 26th through January 1st and so it's multiple days starting from after Christmas and so you get about a week um and then you're good and you know uh people do it like there's no like religion attached to it it's more of like a community feel and so I'm just going to talk about my own um you know I'm going to talk about unity today but I'm also going to tie in a bunch of other topics but um I'm going to talk about my own experiences with unity with I mean kind of with Kwanzaa um but mostly we'll, we'll we'll try and see if I can even focus on unity. Apologies, I'm driving right now. I am enduring my back pain right now. I'm trying to see if I can drive first of all. That was my first thing I wanted to try to see because I might start doing deliveries tomorrow. It feels like it's going to be too soon by tomorrow though. But maybe Thursday or Friday I'll get at it. Um... Right now, I'm barely driving down the street to grab, like, a quick fast food burger. I need the calories. I, I couldn't really eat too good today. Um, are they closed? I guess they're open. Someone's going to the bathroom. I'll, I'll be right back. 
is. So let's see if I can get to my little... I should just eat in this parking lot, but I want to go to my normal parking lot. It's closer to home. So we're driving over there. Oh my gosh, there's so many weird things happening right now. a long turn, a long wait to turn. My apologies. Apologizing. Ugh, it's kind of a wide turn. I hate wide turns. Alright, I hate the wide turns because you get into the other lane. Um, the Christmas trees are all packed up, it looks like. <laughs> I feel like after Halloween, people buy pumpkins from the pumpkin patch, but after Christmas, do people buy Christmas trees? I mean, I've never heard of it before. Um, but yeah. I, okay, so when it comes to Unity, I would say, I want to talk about good experiences. I mean, but in all reality, you know, it's not all good experiences like there's a mix right um but I've definitely had probably way more good experiences than not to be honest um I grew up in you know I did grow up in a Christian religion with a sense of community uh, and when I think of unity that's kind of what I think about I don't really think so much about the religion itself but more so like a sense of togetherness um, even at times when I think maybe my family wasn't doing like so perfectly well, like they would, they would band together and like, you know, people would help each other with, with their, with kids and like, you know, like if someone needed to step in, have someone stay at their house or something like, you know, there was, there was kind of like a united front, you know, like people were kind of like understanding especially when it was temporary it's not like oh we're gonna pay your rent forever or like you're gonna like we're gonna do this forever like a lot of those kind of settings were like temporary everyone knew it was temporary and I don't think people took advantage I I don't know I was probably too young to really know but I know when I was younger I stayed with one of my aunts who had a has a daughter and a son um, the daughter was living with them at the time. I think the son had joined the military. And another aunt, which is the youngest sister of my mom's side, uh, has almost always stayed with other people, uh, with other family members, uh, you know, because it's hard for her to, like, support herself. She's always been kind of like the babysitter. So she was... I lived with that aunt with that younger aunt taking care of me and my brother and then let's call it a year I don't really know how long it was because I was like younger I was like younger than kindergarten so I really don't remember how old I was uh, but we lived in the midwest and then we moved and um that aunt I think from time to time she lived with us but it wasn't like permanent and then when my other, I had another aunt that had kids, she's got 
um, two sons and one daughter, and eventually that aunt went to go live with them, um, and took care of their kids, stayed there for a while, I don't know if she now has her own, well, now she, uh, she got, uh, given my, my grandmother left the house, left her house to that aunt, so now she has that house, but I don't know if she has another house out of state, she lives on the west coast with that family, uh, that part of the family, um, but yeah, in the religion, there was always, like, you know, gatherings, and, like, my family was pretty into it, so, like, we kind of went to a lot of the stuff, so it was, like, every week we were involved with it, uh, Saturday, we'd go to church pretty much every Saturday without fail, uh, in sec in third grade I started going to the religious school that was connected to the church and so we started going to that church that school um that had that church connection and then um you know since we were going to the school we basically I don't know what else to say we just went to the school um and that was fine, and then, um, what else, so we went to the school, so a lot of the kids from the church were part of the school, and then Sundays, you know, we started a, my dad and another guy started the sports league on Sundays when I was in second grade before I started going to that school, and so, um, Um, yeah, they started a sports league, and so, um, yeah, I saw a lot of the same people, or if it wasn't the same exact people, I would often see, like, people from other churches, like, most of my socialization was through churches, or, like, local, you know, like, we had a lot of neighbors, too, when I was young, probably up until I was in about, maybe... I don't know about what grade. It's called like maybe sixth, seventh grade. I really don't know what. I want to say maybe fifth, sixth grade, somewhere around there. Uh, we had less communication with the neighborhood neighbors. It wasn't really for any like bad reason. It's just some of like, I don't mind saying their names. I don't think I'm not in any kind of contact with these people anymore. Um, but, you know, the kids down the street. Uh, Steffi was the girl, she was closer to me and my brother's age, because me and my brother are two years apart, she was the girl, um, and they had a, they had, she had two brothers that were a little older than Christian and Leif, and we mostly hung out with her, they were a little older and a little rowdy, so we didn't really hang out with them much, but like, on very rare occasion, the kids across the street from Steffi were named, uh, Matthew and Kendra, they were an African-American family, and my folks got pretty close with their mom. At one point, one of the cousins lived there. They eventually moved out of that house. Steffi eventually moved out of her house. The kids who moved into the house where Matthew and Kendra lived was another African-American family. Uh, they had, like, two or three boys and a third older brother. Um... 
there were kids next door to us on one side. There were there was like an Asian family that had like so many people living there. I really don't know how many people live there because I was a little kid and like in my head it was like 15 people, but I really don't know. Um, we didn't really talk to them. Like they knew us, but like, you know, we didn't really like talk to them. And I just remember we'd always be out front playing soccer and stuff in our front yard. And like, we'd always see them come and go in the mornings. Like they were always like, they were, if you remember those little rabbit cars, um, there were like maybe three or four of those cars parked outside and probably like four other cars in their driveway. Um, and the people were probably younger, probably like people going to college and high school, moving from another country and like getting settled and like staying there. That's kind of the impression I get now of what was going on, but I, we weren't involved with these people too much. Um, a lot of the times I never really heard them speak English. Uh, but they seem to have like a nice communal family. I really don't know. I always assumed they were Chinese, but I really have no reason to know like where they were from. Um, and that was so young. I didn't really like know different languages like that. And I don't know how long they lived there for when there were so many people at a certain point, they built additional, like an additional story on their house and maybe some back rooms and stuff. And like, yeah, they, they were, they were there. There was a lot of them, but I mean, they were never mean to us. Um, from what I remember, they were never mean to us. Um, we just didn't really talk to them much. Um, one of our closest friends outside of Kendra and Matthew and Steffi was our neighbor, this Argentinian family that lived next to us. Uh, his name was Chris. He had an older brother named Brandon. He had a cousin, no, a, a stepbrother from when his mom married this other, the this guy named Don. Uh, his name was Little, we called him Little Brandon. Um, so usually me and Chris and my brother and Little Brandon would play a lot together, like almost every day. Eventually, you know, Chris started going to see his dad on the on the weekends. And so, you know, we we stopped being in contact at that time, pretty much when he started seeing his dad more often. Um, And I want to say that was around fifth grade. Um, Across the street from us were some really old, lovely neighbors. We would take them to our grandparents day. They were this, I think, family of German descent, but they were like white Americans pretty much uh and they were really into soccer and like they were really cool and they had a granddaughter they had a son that lived there I don't know how old how old he was he wasn't like they were like grandparents age like from the time I knew them they were old and then they had a son that moved there uh that lived there um and that son's daughter would visit him like spring breaks, I think maybe winter breaks and summer breaks, she would stay with her dad. And so she'd be there with her dad and her grandparents. She was, she became a really close friend. I was a, I was the maid of honor at her wedding, at her wedding, um, while I was living in San Diego in La Mesa. Uh, but we kind of lost contact after, you know, high school, I went to college and, you know, uh, life kind of caught up with her in some other ways. So I, I lost contact, unfortunately. <clears throat> and I always kind of regretted that because I, I remember, you know, I didn't want to go to the local community college. I wanted to go to like the, the religious college. And I thought I was going to go there. I didn't know that it cost like as much as Harvard for every year to go there, but, and it wasn't, it's not that 
great of an education. It's a college. It's not even a university. And, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It, it was because it was a private religious school. It cost so much money. And so, uh, you know, I really wanted to go because a lot of my close friends were going there. Looking back, I'm glad I didn't go. But it would, it was like, I felt like my sense of community was like unraveling a little bit because everyone, all of my closer friends, you know, their parents were sending them to either like boarding schools or, you know, um, you know, uh, colleges. And I felt kind of left out from that a little bit, but looking back, I don't regret it. I liked staying where I was. I met a lot of great people and had a whole lot of freedom that I would not have had in a pretty great social life that I probably would not have had if I had moved. Um, I'm glad I wasn't deep in that religious college that kind of would have, I think my college experience was great without that. So I, I liked that I went to the community college, um, locally and stayed at home. And, you know, that friend of mine that had lived across the street, you know, she wanted to go to that college too. She's like, let's both go to this college. And like, you know, I'll move out here. And like, and I was like, nah, you know, like I'm going to go to this private school like, up in, like, Angwin, California, like, up in the middle of nowhere, like, past the vineyards, and, you know, that's kind of what she thought was going to happen, that's what I thought was going to happen, it didn't happen, because I was like, well, I can't pay for it, my parents don't want to pay for it, so I ended up at the community college, like everybody else, whose parents didn't want to take them to that school, um, but, yeah, I I always wonder what would have happened if I would have just been, like, yeah, let's go to that college. I don't know. Maybe I would have gotten wrapped up in things with her, you know, and um, gone down a path of different choices. Um, but yeah, she had some legal time that she had to do. And then, you know, um, she reached out before her wedding. Because uh, I'm thinking like, you know, we do we did grow up together and she probably knew me longer than most of her other friends. Um like, we didn't really keep in touch, because we were young, we didn't really keep in touch, like, calling each other and stuff like that, but we were pretty close, and, um, even though, like, I, I always admired her, even though, like, she was, like, way different, you know, like, she was, like, the friend that was, like, you know, did things that, like, all my other friends weren't allowed to do, or never did, or, like, would kind of think are, like, a little wild, you know, And so I I used to kind of like almost brag about her and be like, oh yeah, she's cool, man. Like we go to Venice beach and we do this or we do that. And like all my other friends are kind of, we're kind of like, oh, like my parents never let us take the bus like out of town or like, you know, to the other side of LA or like what, you know, like I had a lot of freedom. And so it was kind of interesting that dynamic, but that's what, how, when I think of unity, that's kind of what I think about the neighborhoods I grew up in the schools I I went to, the churches I was involved with, uh, even just, like, family, like, you know, um, we used to eat dinner together almost every night until our schedules all got pretty wacky with, like, college and stuff, but we pretty much ate dinner together every night, if not Saturdays, almost exclusively Saturdays, we'd have lunch almost every single Saturday, uh, even still, if our whole family's together, we'll do that, um, or we used to go out to eat a lot more when my parents were a little bit spunkier and younger. Um, but that's kind of what I think about when I think about unity of my past. That's kind of what I think about. But with any groups of people, there's always going to be, you know, people who just don't 
know how to have that healthy relationship or don't value it or just their egos in a place where they just can't handle, you know, those community unity type of um, involvements with people. And they, they're just a little on the toxic end of things. It's not very much so on the toxic end of things. I don't really know if there's a way around that. <laughs> um, I really, I think it's like the more you know lots of people, the more likely you are to come across those kinds of people. And when you have like the religions and like, you know, like more organized groups of people getting together, you're always going to have somebody who's kind of like off the rails a little bit. He's got that temper. He's got that bad way about them or you know that that kind of rubs people the wrong way and everybody's a little bit like I don't know about this person you know man or woman it doesn't really matter um they're everywhere (laughs) they're everywhere so I've experienced those people but I would say luckily I have that's not been the majority of my experiences and usually those people were like everyone knew who they were other than the couple family members that I know that are like that, I don't think that I've had other people like that in my life um, so much, uh, too much. Like, yeah, I've had to endure people, but it was usually temporary, like um, like with practicum for like 10 months or like certain jobs and stuff like that, where it was like, this is temporary. It wasn't like something that I'm going to have to like live with forever. I mean, yeah, I lived with certain people that were like that too, but it's like roommates and stuff but you know I never I never felt like when I was living with a household of roommates that it was like this is community for me I was like I always wanted it to be isolated because I always had my own sense of community outside of that Um, but there were some things that I felt were lacking kind of in the religious environment I grew up which was the majority of it of my social life growing up I kind of was, you know, they were always, it was always kind of hard to, like, trust in people that were, like, from the religion, because they were so freaking gossipy, that it was, like, you know, there really was no such thing as, like, safe space, you know, it was, like, you tell one person one thing, and before you even walk out the door, everybody already knows, so it's, like, you know, people just really didn't keep their mouths shut, and they also didn't see a problem with not keeping their mouths shut, because they're, like, well, we're not telling anybody, but these other people that you already know, and it's, like, well, if I wanted them to know, I would have told them, too, you know, it's, like, but people didn't really respect each other's privacy like that and like this is before things like therapy and confidentiality and like privacy and toxic you know traits and like safe spaces and all these types of like conversations were even happening like this is like in the 90s so it's like I'm not saying make excuses for it but I'm just saying like it wasn't part of society where people were like understanding that like yeah that's not like the best um way to get to doing things but um yeah well I'm gonna I'm gonna end this recording I'm gonna get some food in me and uh yeah thanks for listening happy umoja unity